when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome in, everybody. Live post game show. Mark Farzad, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, John McClellan will be joining us just uh, a little bit later in the show. Welcome into the Jacob Media YouTube channel and those watching us on uh, 6ABC.com. I understand kind of this time of the year between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're all on like some kind of time warp. Did I miss something where I was asleep for like five years or something like that? And Jalen Rager became worthy of what eight targets in a single game, including two on what would have been the game winning drive, what could have been the game winning drive of a football game as the Eagles take the L 13 to seven to the New York Giants. Uh, uh, Devin, I know you put out a poll. We'll get to that. Uh, Gunner, your gut reaction to this very boring, dull, no good, dirty Eagles loss. How do you really feel about this loss, Mark? <laughs> I, mean, I, feel, I feel like I summed it up a little bit right there. I guess you did. Um, uh, kudos to the Giants for uh, doing what they had to do. Uh, but the bottom line is the Eagles did everything they could to give the Giants this game. But on that final drive, your number one receiver, Devonta Smith, should have been your primary target. I understand they've been blanketing him all day. But as your number one receiver, you find a way to wiggle him free. Now, you knew the Giants were going to try to keep everything underneath. Uh, but, you know, I guess I guess in terms of the gamesmanship, you know, Eagles are probably thinking the Giants are thinking we're going to look for Devonta. So they catch him off guard. They go to Jalen Rager uh, down the sideline. Ball caroms off his helmet, almost picked off. They come back to him later on the final offensive play of the game. He's right there at the goal line. He goes up, positions himself, has his body between himself, the ball, and the defender. A good receiver makes that catch. Unless it's an icy, snowy day, you say, okay, <laughs> might have slipped through his hands. A good receiver makes that catch. There's a 50-50 chance he's 50%. He might get stopped at the goal line, game over, or he could back his way to the end zone. Mm. He's the hero for the day. That he was a good receiver, right? He that was a good receiver, right? And, I emphasize, a, and yeah. I emphasize the words, good receiver. Yeah. Okay? He's not a good receiver. And why you went to him in those situations, I don't know. The fact that Dallas Goddard was basically a non-factor this entire game, Devonta Smith was a non-factor for most of the game. Um, I don't know what they were doing. You know, it's funny. We were talking about this on the 97.5 pregame show. And, you know, people were calling and saying, do you, do you think we need to see Jalen Hurts throw the ball more to find out if he could win a game if he has to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game? As of right now, no, we don't. 
you got to keep him within that 20 to 23 range because, as you saw, very indecisive uh, with the ball. He served up three interceptions. We gave him kudos forever for being a quarterback who protected the ball very well. He did not do that today. Uh, the Eagles, in a rare occasion, lose a turnover battle, four to none. You know, Boston Scott, who doesn't fumble, coughs, coughs one up. <laughs> it was just one of those days. Divisional games are like that, though. I know a lot of people are thinking about jumping off the Walt Whitman Bridge, but it happens in divisional <laughs> games. You know, sometimes the best team, the better team, doesn't win these games. It just happens. I mean, a crucial game, though. You have to win this game. The Giants are not a good team. They should not have won today. We literally handed them that loss, and I know Jalen Hurts is getting a lot of heat. Uh, but I also think we have to to go back to play calling. I mean, the fact that, what is it, Rager had two receptions. I don't know if my stat sheet's updated here. Right. Goddard, we barely saw him. Devontae Smith, barely saw him. Right. But that aside... You know, in those final minutes, especially, why are you not running the ball down the field? Why are you throwing it? Especially when Jalen Hurts has thrown three interceptions already and everyone's fumbling the ball left and right. It just is mind-blowing. And then on top of that, there are also the penalties from the first half that killed us, where we came up with zero points when we could have had a touchdown that was called back because of Nate Herbig, who was Mm -hmm. in for Jason Kelsey. It was just frustrating moment on top of frustrating play call, on top of mistake mistake after mistake that – should not have been happening and i have no words right now just pain just <laughs> just, just total hey, pain hey Devin, just to uh answer your question dallas goddard one reception zero mm-hmm. yards jalen rager two catches 31 yards devonta smith two catches 22 yards um greg ward who i've been screaming he should be in the slot instead of jalen rager zero catches zero yards Mm -hmm. now i I understand you've built yourself the last five weeks now as a run team first and understandably so when you consider they ran for 208 yards against a poor run defense once again but you have to you have to broaden the horizon in terms of of pass catchers and why greg ward is not even hardly getting looked at is beyond me the only time he got looked at basically was a the play on the goal line on the, on the uh, when they were at the one yard line. Yeah, I thought they should have been looking for Devonta Smith. That's your receiver. They go to Greg Ward in that play. It's an interception. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I don't understand why Greg Ward. Just like I was screaming the first half of the season, why is Boston Scott in the witness protection program? All of a sudden, he comes out. Everybody loves Boston Scott because he's picking up four or five yards of carry. Greg Ward. Just a couple of years ago, we used to call him First Down Ward because every time he catch a pass, it was for a first down. Now, in this offense, he can't even get on the field. Jalen Rager is a bust, Howie. I understand you want to, you, you, you got to play him. You're force-feeding him down people's throats because he's a first-round pick. I get that he's still a young player. You're still trying to develop him. But more importantly, you're still trying to win games. And if he's going to be a part of your passing game, Greg Ward is a better option in your passing game right now than Jalen Rager is. I would agree with that, except today that's a difficult argument to make when the only time he was targeted, the ball went through his hands at the goal line. But to that point for a second, why are we looking at Greg Ward in that situation, in the most crucial situation, goal line situation, when you need someone to step up and make a play? And I like Greg Ward. I'd rather have him than Jalen Rager. Don't get me wrong. 
But you're right, Gunner. Why aren't you looking at Devontae Smith in that scenario? If you're going to run a strict rollout where it's easy it. to set up the mismatch defensively, don't why not put your best receiver in that position yeah. to make that play? And better yet, after the game, you see the tweet out there from uh, uh, Jeff McClain of the Inquirer saying that Devontae Smith was flat out pissed off after this game and threw his helmet that he wasn't targeted once on that final play or in that final series. And then time and time again, you see another couple of uh, looks go the way of Jalen Rager, and he comes up two drops on that final drive. So if a coach is always going to try to sell you, and I have no doubt whatsoever, and Nick Sirianni will say something to this effect after the game, and we'll hear from John McMullen later when he tells us, but you always try to put your best players in the best position to make plays. I didn't see that on this particular game. And if you want to talk about the, the type of game that Jalen Hurts had, and we'll get plenty of that because he made his own mistakes. But overall, head coaching-wise, Game plan wise, I didn't see anything done to try to help out Devontae Smith. I didn't see anything done to help try to help uh, Dallas Goddard. I didn't yeah. see anything really out there trying to help Jalen Hurts when he was really struggling in this game. You eventually made the change to start getting back to run first offense, which took all of a half to try to understand again, even though that had been working for you all throughout the entire last four or five games. Right. And when you finally got back to that point, you actually started to reestablish yourselves as that team again and help things out as a whole, offensively speaking. That's when the ball started to move. Jalen Hurts, you know what? You want to be a one-read guy and run? Fine. If that's the way we got to go through this season until you continue to mature as a quarterback, then let's do that. But if you're going to continue to struggle and make bad throws, then we're going to have to continue to rely on that run to take away what might not be the best possible position for you to be in, which is to bring this team back by throwing the ball. There's going to be times when somebody out there is going to take away the Eagles' run, and, and Jalen Hurts is going to have to beat them through the air. But when you're only throwing the ball 18, it, it's, it's, it's a good-bad scenario. When you're throwing the ball 18 to 23 times a game and you win, everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. If you're losing and you're only throwing the ball 18 23 times a game and you have to elevate that to 35, 35 times a game and you get a similar result, to what you're getting now, well, that's because he hasn't had any experience at this level in throwing the ball consistently 30, 35 times a game. Mm -hmm. So it's going to happen. You may have more mistakes than what we had today. So he's got to get a better opportunity to look and read defenses because I thought the Giants' passing defense played exactly the way I thought they would. They weren't going to let the big guns beat them. The Giants, you know, say what you want to say about this Giants' defense. Yes, they're porous against the run. But the Giants have some pretty good corners and some pretty good safeties. And they play pretty good pass defense. They're aggressive secondary, and they play pretty good pass defense. All right, so Jalen Hurst needs to see more of that. And he's going to see more of that. It may not happen this season, but he's going to see more of that down the road in his career. You've got to get used to that. You've got to adjust mm -hmm. to that. You know, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League that go to some, through similar things, what Jalen Hurts is going through right now. But Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that's still evolving compared to quarterbacks who are established Oh, who are given an okay sometimes when you have an off day. It's just a bad day at the office. You know, right now, Jalen being in the evaluation process, every game's an audition for him. Eagles trying to decide what's what does his future hold with this organization. Um, a little bit different situation right now for him. But he's going to he may have another scenario this year where the, somebody's going to stonewall the run and they're going to say, okay, Jalen, let me see you beat us. Because if I'm the next team that plays, Jalen, I'm bowing up against the run now. Because I saw this guy was in, indecisive with the ball today in crucial situations. And I want to see if he can beat me with his arm. So I don't care if it's the Jets. I don't care if it's Washington. I want to see, I want to see you beat me with your arm. 
And then if you start beating me with your arm, then we'll just bet. You can have the yards on the ground as long as we defend the pass well. Well, you know, on this show, we always talk about, you know, improvements, adjustments, and we're finally seeing that. And then we started talking about maybe some consistency. Maybe we keep improving. We keep making these adjustments that are working for us. And I felt like today the key word was regression. Uh, and definitely in Jalen Hurts' play. But I also think as a head coach, you need to recognize when something's not working for your quarterback and change the game plan according to that. And I think that there was also regression in play calling from Nick Sirianni because when we saw Nick, yeah, Jalen Hurts couldn't throw the ball well today. He played horribly. But when we did see him use his legs and do what we know he does best – he still was able to move the sticks. So the fact that that, and that didn't happen until late in the game and it was too late. Uh, and then we didn't even keep calling plays that, that helped Jalen Hurts out. So uh, as much as this loss is on not just Jalen Hurts, but the entire team, I also think Nick Sirianni needs to learn to adjust the game plan when Jalen Hurts is clearly struggling out there. Mm-hmm. I do want to remind people, of course, live post game show is brought to you by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. Uh, so when we look at this, do we look at play calling more or do we look at Jalen Hurts more in terms of and I know, uh, Devin, uh, you're looking for people uh, online right now on uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. to vote in your poll as to who you put this loss on more. Is it more on Jalen Hurts? Is it more on Nick, Nick Sirianni? Uh, you can even look at Jalen Rager or other famously uh, when people want to fill in their own answers to that question. But if you are evaluating Jalen Hurts throughout this entire process, one thing that a coach can't do is not turn the football over. And one thing a, a quarterback that is trying to become a franchise guy or at least make his claim in the NFL as a franchise guy, one thing he can't do is, com- is commit bad turnovers. And the one, the first one we'll get to, because I know this is a big sticking point for people on social media, the first interception, Mark Schlereth, the color analyst for Fox Sports, alluded to a pass interference. I think it was uh, Watkins on the play, on the play, Quez Watkins, who was turned around and the, the the ball or the camera never really followed it, so you couldn't see it until they were going to show a replay, which they never did. They gave you a blurb, and I believe the third quarter as part of a pulse package, which is just, hey, here's the mistakes of uh, Jalen Rager and the Eagles offense. All right, excuse me, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. So you never really saw the penalty, or you never saw the interception and how it played out. The second one, Jalen Hurts. I, okay. Greg Ward should have caught a ball for a touchdown. I'm not about to hinge the offense's success on Greg Ward. So Greg Ward did what you would expect Greg Ward to do in that situation, which is not make a clutch play, unfortunately. If he would, you would see him a lot more throughout this season. The last play on that series in the red zone is inexcusable by Jalen Hurts. And I'm a guy who's rooting for Jalen Hurts, wants him to be the franchise guy, is really hoping he can be that guy. He's at least earned next year to this point for me. But man... It's third down to not throw that ball away and at least take three points on that play inexcusable. And then the third interception drastically underthrew. And I can't believe I have to say his name again already. Jalen Rager, who I have no idea why, again, he got seven targets in this game, but he underthrew Jalen Rager on that third and final interception. The fourth uh, turnover was obviously Boston Scott's on uh, their second to last possession of the game. But play calling wise, you still have to step up as a head coach and a play caller, Nick Sirianni. I do blame Jalen Hurts when I look at those interceptions. But Devontae Smith not having any plays run in his direction. The fact that he only had, I believe, four targets throughout this game when Jalen Rager gets seven? How how does that make any sense? If you're Nick Sirianni, you then have to evaluate it and say, all right, best players in the best possible position to make plays. Who's not making plays? Who's not in that position? How do I get him in that position? And that's Devontae Smith.
The fact that he didn't do anything to try to help that wide receiver to help out his quarterback is just also, just like interceptions, inexcusable as a game planner and as a play caller. The only way you justify Devonta Smith not getting more targets is if the Giants doubled down on him. And obviously the Giants were committed to not allowing Devonta Smith to beat him. Well, somebody else has to step up, whether it's Dallas Goddard, uh, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward. Somebody else has to step up. Your coaching staff has to identify who's our next guy, who's the next man up. What mismatch can we get to have success in the passing game just to loosen that Giants defense up just a little bit? And that person was never identified. But at a crucial point in the game, their final Eagles drive of the game, they had two golden opportunities to retake the lead, and both plays went to a guy named Jalen Rager. And in both cases, Jalen Rager failed to convert. Mm. And that's a problem, <laughs> especially on that final possession. Look, the final uh, possession for the Eagles, he's got the ball in his hands, would have been possibly a touchdown, him going into the end zone, most right. likely would have been a touchdown. He had both hands on the ball, a little bit of hand fighting between him and the defensive back, most likely would have ended up if he catches that ball in the end zone. To kick the uh, the extra point, Eagles win the game. The last one, he catches the ball around. If he catches the ball, he catches it around the one yard line with still a chance to score. If he catches the ball, maybe he falls back into the end zone and they got a touchdown. It actually reminded me of the JJ Arcega Whiteside play from about three years ago against the Lions, where he would have come down just outside the goal line and then maybe crossed over for the game winner. Jalen Rager in the exact same situation still can't catch the football. You're a first round pick. Even if you did, even if you wanted Justin Jefferson, he was probably most likely still going to be a first round pick. To me, not making that play is is just beside me. It's not Greg Ward. It's not like a quarterback, you know, changing to a wide receiver and then barely getting a look in the uh, in the NFL. It's a it's a it's a first round pick wide receiver that comes up with two huge drops on what most likely would have put you over the top to win the game. Either one of those plays he makes, Eagles most likely winning this football game. But it also comes down to who's making the decision to target Jalen Rager and not like, right. Like what I just, I want to know what I want to, maybe John McMullen will have more insight into this because I want to ask Nick Sirianni, what is the logic there? You know, why, when you can win this game, not just one time, multiple times at the end of the fourth quarter, why time after time you keep going to the wrong person when you have incredible players like Devontae Smith. Uh, And then on the second to last drive in the fourth quarter, when I believe it ended on a fumble, I, I ended up uh, muting the TV at one point and was just watching based off D Gunn's reaction, which was kind of amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, because that's, I'm a crazy Philly sports fan. That's what I do. Um, but we still had a bit of time. I think there was over two minutes left and we were throwing it, which like what just run the ball. It's working for us. Have Jalen run it. It's the one thing that's able that allows him to move the sticks and, and it's just those mind-blowing play calls that are still so frustrating to me. I'm not taking anything off Jalen Hurts. I think he's still at a horrible game. But mm-hmm. uh, it does just make me question Nick Sirianni a lot. Mm-hmm. See, see, people want to scream at Jalen Rager for being a first-round pick. you got to scream at the organization as I, for identifying him as a first-round pick. Right. Uh, because of out, a lot of outlets identified him as a second-round pick. I, I, I don't blame Jalen Hurts for being what he is. He'll always go down in the annals of Philadelphia Eagles history and the NFL history books as a first-round pick. But I have to I have to question who decided in that draft room that at that particular moment in time, Jalen Hurts was – I mean, Jalen Rager, Rager, Rager was your best 
option possible for a wide receiver when there were so many other candidates on the board. Mm. I, 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 for the life of me, I still sit here and I don't get that one iota, mm. you know, and, you know, I understand people are frustrated and angry with Jalen Rager. I get it, but he didn't make himself a first round pick. Your organization made him that first round pick, mm. you know? So here's another in a long line of inconsistent picks from this Eagles organization. And then we have to sit here and watch other players excel elsewhere and basically our stomachs churn because they were right there for the taking. But, oh, no, we decided to go in another direction. And that's what's unfortunate about this game in particular is that you were still right. waiting, no matter who was out there, right. whether it was you know Nick Sirianni's play calling or whether it was Jalen Rager just stepping up making a play for you or it was Jalen Hurts actually trying to make a big play for you as well. Right. You were still waiting to see that guy step up. Like we've watched games, actually the game against the Giants last year, like a financial field. Eagles were terrible throughout right. that game and pulled exactly. out the win. Exactly. That was the game that I remember looking back on and go, okay, I know there's no moral victories, but are there right. moral losses? Because I know they won this game, but it still felt like a loss. This game with a younger quarterback, a more inexperienced quarterback, uh, not a, your offensive line hurt through the majority of this game. Jason right. Kelsey missing a significant amount of time. Nate Herbig going in there, getting two penalties called on him that really called back big plays. That's a little bit of uh, things you have to take into consideration when evaluating this game. If they would have won this game, my feeling would have been like, wow, that was an awful three and a half, uh, three and a half quarters of football but they right. pulled it out with more than that. What, 59 minutes of football that was terrible, but they still pulled it out in the end. Good for this team that's still growing, learning each other, and trying to make things happen. But that, that game last year against the Giants had a very similar feel to it, although they won. This game, if they would have pulled it out, it still would have felt a lot better about this particular victory. Unfortunately, you're looking at guys that have been disappointing. It's not like Jalen Rager all of a sudden had a bad game. Jalen Rager basically wasn't part of the game plan this season and then all of a sudden showed up in this game to get targeted seven times. When you're, when you're tight end, when you're number one wide receiver, Devontae Smith, are they double-teaming both these guys? Are they triple-teaming both these guys? Last time I checked, there's only 11 guys you can play with. So for me, how are, how are one of your playmakers not making those plays? How come I didn't see even a screen attempt to Boston Scott in this game? How come I didn't even see a bubble screen attempt to Devontae Smith to try to get him off the line of scrimmage? Try to maybe... Quez Watkins, mm -hmm. even that, trying to work that in. For me, there was just a number of things that I was waiting to see that I never saw from Nick Sirianni when nothing in the passing game was going for you. When you saw a guy like Jalen Hurts continue to struggle throughout this game and not make good throws just to get his confidence up in case it came down to a play like this or it came mm -hmm. down to a series like this. There was nothing done throughout this game to say, you know what, Jalen Jalen Hurts, we're going to get you going right here. Or Boston Scott. It was all about the run game, which is good for the most part. But when you have a quarterback struggling as much as he was, you just can't continue to run the football and run the football. I know a lot of times we call for that, but every once in a while, you got to get him going offensively speaking when it comes to throwing the football. And they look, he was there making plays for you in the last minute of this game. His wide receivers ultimately didn't step up, but maybe you're not in that position if you balance things out a little bit more throughout the game. Um, I have to give the Giants a little bit of credit in terms of what happened in this game overall. You know, they, they get a slap in the face, and it was a, it was a needed one. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator on Tuesday. So now everybody's on alert. Now all of a sudden, the word is starting to slip out that Dave Gettleman, their GM, could be on his way out. So now everybody's thinking, okay, our jobs are in jeopardy from the head coach on down to the last guy on the roster. So in steps Freddie Kitchens, 
who had success calling plays for the Cleveland Browns. Your, your head coach, Joe Judge, says, you know, from now on, I'm the offensive coordinator with help from Freddie Kitchens and other minds pertaining to the offensive side of the football. So they're coming off a short week, you know, after, after a bad Monday night loss. They're coming off a short week, and you don't know what to expect from this offense. Now, from what the offense didn't look much different from what we see, but what they did was they played with a little bit more energy. It was a division game. Everybody's kicking them to the curb. Players know we're auditioning for jobs. Coaches know we're auditioning for jobs. And they hung in there. The Eagles should have won this game 21-13, to to be quite honest. They should have won the game at least 21-13. But every time the Eagles gave the Giants another ray of hope, and Mark, you hear me say this all the time, when, you, when you're playing a team that you're supposed to beat, you can't go into a fourth quarter allowing that team to think that they have a chance to beat you. Yeah. Because 50% of the time, something's going to come back and bite you. And lo and behold, they let this team hang around. It was still very much in the taking for the Eagles in that fourth quarter. They score a touchdown finally at 14.55 of the opening quarter. First play of the fourth quarter, they score a touchdown. Now momentum's on their side. And they can't get another point. They can't get another touchdown. They can't get another point. Are you kidding me? They turn the ball over. They let the Giants think, hey, we got a chance to win this game. We can break this drought. We can get this fan base, one of the most critical fan bases and media contingents in the United States. We can get them off our backs if only for a moment. We Hang in there. We can do this. And they get another turnover. All of a sudden, the clock's ticking. We still have a chance. We can do it. Sure enough, it happens. And we're sitting here talking about an Eagles team that should have won by at least eight, nine points, losing this game by six points to an inferior opponent. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think no, it we was... Fully, we fully beat ourselves. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I would have rather faced Jason Garrett. I mean, I, I know that might be the obvious thing. Everybody would have. Mm-hmm. But, but you know who, like, obviously, who didn't think that was Joe Judge. By the way, another bang-up job by the broadcast tonight, or this afternoon, talking about Joe Judge from North Philly. I grew up with Joe Judge. We played basketball together as kids. Uh, I'm going to go tell you right now, it ain't North Philly. All right, now for nothing. But anyway, that was a bad information I just wanted to point out. All right, Doylestown, we played summer league basketball together. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, shout out. Anyway, so that ain't North Philly. But bottom line is, Jason Garrett's offense is something that the Eagles know all too well. If it's not Nick Sirianni knowing that offense, it's certainly the Eagles' defense. They're the Eagles' defensive players knowing that offense. But for me, it, it didn't come down to how bad the defense was in this game per se. I mean, you're talking about a game where you allowed 13 points. But when you look at the way that this Eagles offense attacked this game, I can't remember a time. I mean, you really got to go back uh, five, six games maybe where it was this dull. Like it just didn't seem like they had any of that mojo that you really started to enjoy and really started to rely on and on over the last four or five games here. And that to me is very upsetting when you think about the momentum that Nick Sirianni was trying to establish with this offense. And oh, they got to let those roots. You got to let those roots grow. Got to let those roots sink in and really attack from that point on as they grow and we all become stronger. This game just felt like those roots were sh- like shriveling, and it felt like leaves were starting to fall off this 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 plant, whatever you want to call it. To go with another tired analogy, but for me, I just don't understand how you can go through the last couple of weeks and still face a bad opponent, albeit a divisional opponent, still face a bad opponent. And in the one area where you weren't expecting that much change, you come up short. The the defense of this team had a built-in excuse. All right, well, you know what? we got to see what Freddie Kitchens does here because we we haven't seen this yet, really. The offense, you knew what the Giants were doing. You knew who they had defensively speaking. You knew what you were up against. 
And it seems like it still took you a quarter and a half to realize you got to go back to the bread and butter that was running the football before you were able to open up things in the passing game. And then when it came to just making big clutch plays, I still don't know why we're looking at Greg Ward at the goal line when he could have been looking at Devontae Smith. I still don't know where you're, why you're not seeing Dallas Goddard get involved in this offense. I still don't know why Jalen Rager was looked at as many times as he was throughout this game. I, I'm still struggling after Quez Watkins comes up and makes a big play for you. You barely see him for the rest of the game. So for me, that looks a lot more to the court, more to the quarterback and more to the head coach and Nick Sirianni when coming to the conclusion that the offense was obviously the bigger problem here as far as this game went. Now, you know, Freddie Kitchens, again, you look at him and you saw what he did with the, with the, with the Browns. But when it comes to this particular game, you knew what the Giants were going to do defensively and you still couldn't exploit it. Um, the game plan, if you, really want to, if you really want to get right down to it, the game plan was very similar to, to what has equated to the Eagles' recent success lately. Run the football more than you sure. throw the football. Sure. Right Later in the yards. game, though. First half, first quarter, but the first quarter felt like you, you were recalling. It was. It felt like you were watching the game from five or six weeks ago. But the, mm. but the, but the big difference is four turnovers. That's the whole difference in the game. Yes, they absolutely. Got the, they got the 30, 30, uh, 33 carries. They got their two hundred something yards. They kept Jalen Hurts within a manageable passing game. Sure, twenty three passes. The only difference: four turnovers for the visiting team. No turnovers for the home team. If the Eagles don't turn the ball over, the Eagles win this game easy. There's no question about that. Yeah, but it's a but big thing to take away. It, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, what, what hadn't they done the past few games? They didn't turn the ball over. They were winning the turnover battle. Today, they decisively lost that turnover battle. They lost that battle in critical situations. And the end result is we're, talk, we're sitting there talking about an L instead of a W. Yeah, no I mean, Jalen Hurts, something that he's done well, has not been turning the ball over. Exactly. It's something that we started talking about a little bit more and more, and then here he is today with three. So, I don't know. Maybe all right. we just we'll, well, <laughs> That's all the optimism. <laughs> I, 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 all the optimism, unfortunately, just made us bow out. Uh, all right, when we come back, uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to John McMullen. We'll continue to recap this game. We've talked a lot about the offenses. That's been a big story, and that's where the turnovers obviously came from here, Gunnar, as you were mentioning. We'll talk about the defensive game plan when we come back, Jonathan Gannon, and how he was approaching uh, this uh, Giants offense, considering the game they were coming off of in Tampa Bay. Uh, if you uh, if you want to check us out, make sure you do so on the comments. We'll try to get you involved in the chat as well. You're watching live post-game show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and 6abc.com. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, live post game show. We are fueled by Stateside Vodka, 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. That's 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. If you just simply go to statesidevodka.com and make sure you use the promo code you guys see in the scroll with Jacob. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Farza, Devin Caney, Derek Gunn with you. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking, especially in the middle portions of this game, at Jonathan Gannon and what he was doing defensively, what that scheme was. As you started to see Daniel Jones march the football down the field, Saquon Barkley break one. They had a big screen in this game as well. Overall, I mean, I saw a couple of different plays, and this shouldn't be that hard, where Daniel Jones' brain melted. <laughs> you just showed right, right. six guys at the line of scrimmage on a couple of different uh, occasions in this game and only sent three, and Daniel Jones just stood there like, he was waiting for the boogeyman to come out of the closet and was almost disappointed when he didn't see that ugly face rear its head. So for me, I thought John again actually did an okay job against this Giants defense, but ultimately it just makes me look back at the at the offense, which is what we've talked about through the vast majority of the show so far. But defensively speaking, Gunner, problem, no problem with what Gannon did today. Um, it, it was okay, but you know, the one thing I'm starting to trend I'm starting to see is they're not getting quarterbacks on the ground. I mean, the stats show Daniel Jones was sacked one time, but you know, they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. But, you know, when they played Trevor Simeon, when they play, played Teddy Bridgewater, the pressure made the quarterback feel uncomfortable. I don't remember any particular time when Daniel Jones really looked uncomfortable in the pocket. You know, they got a little pressure on him, and obviously he has the capability of stepping up and stepping out and taking off at any given moment. But the, the, they're not generating enough sacks. They're not getting enough hits on quarterbacks to, to alter – the mindset of a quarterback in a lot of ways. And while the defense is playing better, you know, now these guys are up front. If you're going to bring your corners down now and play them, you know, in, in bump and run covers with wide receivers, that means you can play more games in the boxes with your front seven. And while you've been getting more blitzes on, you've got to get quarterbacks down on the ground. you got to get some shots on them. you got to take some of the, the wind out of their sail. 
They didn't do that in this game. Mm-hmm. And I also think I agree with everything uh, you said, Degan, in terms of sack getting to the quarterback and sacks and uh, something that I know, you know, Derek Barnett is a name that comes up all the time with with penalties being killer. But uh, Steven Nelson's penalty that brought the Giants to the one yard line and then they ultimately scored. I think like it's little things like that that do still bug me. And I know week in, week out, we always kind of debate whether Jonathan Gannon's the guy. I haven't been his biggest fan. I know our friend John McMullen really likes him. Um, but like I think his today, uh, yeah, it's mostly on the offense, but it, he, it was just meh. It wasn't like, wow, that was an outstanding defensive game right. plan against right. against the Giants. Which exactly. I think we need to remember who the opponent was. Yeah, I'm not saying he did a great job or good job, like a K job by Jonathan Gannon Sanders throughout this year. But for me, I, I, I would like to see more blitzing. I know I pointed out the time he showed blitz but didn't. There was one instance where it looked like Alex Singleton was being sent and then ended up being an RPO play where they were able to stop Saquon Barkley in the backfield for about a seven-yard loss. Yeah, I still want to see more aggression here, but defensively speaking, they did what they were supposed to do against a Giants team. They weren't supposed to shut them out. I wasn't expecting to do that. I don't think this defense is good enough to do that. But when it comes to the aggression, I would still like to see Jonathan Gannon do that. If you're going to be waiting for Daniel Jones to play, they, they have, this is the perfect play to talk about. Schlereth made an allusion again today to uh, Daniel Jones being able to do what you have seen in many different occasions from Jalen Hurts. Oh, Daniel Jones will be able to beat you on the run too, like Jalen Hurts will do for the Eagles. Taste your own medicine for the Eagles. I didn't get that vibe at all because Daniel Jones is way too slow. And as we saw last year in a Giants game, Daniel Jones, if he gets any room to run, he'll trip over his own two feet and not be able to take it the rest of the way home anyway. But when it comes to the way the Eagles, or excuse me, the Giants were playing offensively, they did everything that you expected them to do. But they're still going to have a couple of plays where they weren't going to be able, or they were going to be able to beat you. The fact that you couldn't force him into a turnover, like almost every, it feels like every every defense has been able to do against this Giants right. offense, right. is really where you start to look at yourselves and go, all right, well, we didn't do a good enough job making him uncomfortable and forcing that mistake. Because again, if you continue to scare these guys, you will force them into make a mistake. Daniel Jones has proved that throughout his career. That's why talking to people in in New York media over the last week, looking or leading up to this game, that was the one thing that everybody said to a man, which was if you force Daniel Jones out of the pocket and make him throw the football enough, he will make a mistake. That is why he is still looked at with great skepticism in New York as whether or not he's the franchise guy going forward. The fact that you didn't really see that throughout this game, yeah, that that is a worrisome thing. You know, here you are, 9, 10, 10, 11 games into a season, and Daniel Jones' numbers coming into this game was nine touchdown passes and seven interceptions. He will give you an opportunity as a defense to make a play on the ball. Um, You know, even his bad throws were not throws um, where the Eagles had opportunities to make plays. You have to generate your own opportunity sometimes. Didn't get enough pressure on him, plain and simple. You know, you, you, you... You've got to get you've got to get quarterbacks down. You know, it's getting pressure on some quarterbacks works. Like a Trevor Simeon knows he's playing for a backup job in the National Football League. He's never going to be considered a long-term starter by anybody's imagination. So, you know, when he makes a mistake, it starts to swirl in his head a little bit more. Daniel, Daniel Jones is the same way. Here's a guy who's a young quarterback. The city of New York is not sold on him. The media is not sold on him. And maybe that was because of the offensive coordinator he had in, in, in Jason Garrett. But here's a guy who's under enormous amount of pressure playing in the largest media market in the United States, and he really hasn't excelled much for whatever the case may be. So once you get a few hits on him, 
you know, you got him thinking now, looking over his shoulder. But he didn't have to because the Eagles didn't do enough to put enough pressure on him to make him to make him hurry throws in a lot of cases, to make a lot of indecisive moments in, in this case. So, you know, give, give the Giants uh, kudos, number one, for playing a very conservative game with him, but also for the Eagles not being able to rattle him the way they should have. You know, you were talking about last year, Mark, and you're right. The turf monster got him on one long run he should have scored on. But if you remember Sniper. the other game, but if you remember remember the other game, he actually took one 30-plus yards of the house on his team. So for whatever reason, when Daniel Jones plays the Eagles, he plays better football. I have no idea why. Hmm. I mean, why did it take so long for Boston Scott? Yeah. Well, why did it take so long for Boston Scott? Like again, that that first quarter for me, offensively speaking, was a little weird. But, but Boston Scott, same type of thing. When he plays the Giants in the other scenario, right. he seems to do really well. He's got more yards per carry, more yards per reception than he does right, against any right. other team that he's played more than once throughout his career. Right. And it was weird. Both those guys for a while were stepping up, and the other team yep. couldn't counter it. And then finally you saw Boston Scott just unfortunately cough it up on their second-to-last possession. Um, Boston Scott has had some good numbers against the Giants. Boston Scott was having a good game today. Mm. And unfortunately – he, he spit the ball up at the most inopportune time. You know what? It's just one of those things. Boston Scott usually doesn't fumble the football. Boston Scott is usually a sure-handed guy. Everything you could possibly ask for worked the Giants' way today. You know, every it was like the perfect storm for the Giants. You know, and unfortunately, it was like a Bermuda Triangle for the Eagles they just couldn't get out of. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of comments, and, and this is something that we can potentially talk about uh, later in the show, because Howie Roseman, I feel in recent weeks, since the Eagles have been doing well, and I know we talk about Jalen Rager and the Eagles draft order, uh, I've seen a lot of praise for Howie Roseman, and I'm curious to see if if everyone's opinions on that are going to change or if that's changed your guys. I don't know what your opinions on Howie right. On Howie's job so far has been, especially this season. But someone said that the coaching was just way too conservative. And Deegan, I know you touched on that. I know Nick Sirianni mentioned mm -hmm. his conservative play calling led to the Saints uh, making it an almost close game last week. But do you guys think Jonathan Gannon is calling a conservative game? I think today he did. I mean, one of my favorite plays that he called today was a fake blitz. So it wasn't even the fact that he actually yeah. called a blitz. It was a fake blitz that he completely psyched Daniel Jones out and made him un – that was the only time that I saw Daniel Jones uncomfortable because he rushed the throw. His brain, like I said, melted when he saw six guys at the line of scrimmage. They didn't know what was coming. They dropped back three. They, they sent out. three. and that Exactly. And then he just rolled out of the pocket and threw the ball away because he didn't know what to do. His brain melted when he saw six guys at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but if there you was just saw – yeah, if you I'll just saw that, yeah, exactly. If you just saw that, if you're Jonathan Gannon, how are you not thinking, mm -hmm. let me do that a little bit more, but let me actually get somebody in the backfield that actually hit him and make him think, Gunner, mm -hmm. as you like to say, hey, make him think that I'm coming on the next yeah, play. Yeah. That way every play is uncomfortable. There was another point earlier in the game, too, where the Eagles sent a, 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 sent a blitz and, and Daniel Jones beat the blitz on that play. You know, so the blitzes are hit or, hit or miss. But when you're playing a quarterback who's not considered an elite quarterback, you attack him all day long. Now, I understand the Giants have not been using Kenny Galladay. I mean, the man had, what, one, two targets in a Monday night loss. Um, you know, you, their top two receivers, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney, were out with injuries today. But you still had Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, you still had Evan Ingram. Uh, so you had mm -hmm. enough targets. But you got a cor you got corners that can play the man up. You know, you still got Darius Slayton, who in the past, who had been an Eagles killer. 
But you've got corners that can play the man up. You have to attack. And I keep equating it to go back a few weeks and look at what Miami did against a very da- a dangerous and dynamic Lamar Jackson. I'm sitting there watching this game on a Thursday night, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, Brian Flores is going to mix it up just a little bit. They attacked Lamar Jackson all night long. And even when the Ravens got close, they did not back off in a blitz. It's one of the few times I've actually seen Lamar Jackson thoroughly confused and frustrated because the Dolphins were tattooing his behind every chance they got, and he was hurrying his throws. He was being indecisive with the ball. He wasn't running up and down the field on that Dolphins defense that night. And you could have used a similar game plan today, Jonathan Gannon. You attack Daniel Jones. I know he's had a measure of success against you in the past, but he's not like he's running four 240s, okay? You could have attacked him and hit him all day long and trusted your corners on an island with their receivers. You didn't do it. You let him off the hook. <laughs> Is that you a Del- Is that Denny Green? The- Was that a Denny yeah, Green right there? They are who they we thought they were. <laughs> And when you let him off the hook. Yeah, I, another thing I was reminded of today was yeah, yeah, was the uh, you're never as good as you think you are, you're never as bad as you think you are, right, and that's right. a famous. Andy Reid would say that all the time. And as I'm watching this game, especially in the first three quarters, I'm just thinking, you know, there was going to be one game, and we talked about this last week when we talked about okay, you got six games left, how are they going to round out the rest of the season. Right. And and the thing for me was you knew there was a sleeping oh god no pun intended. You knew there was a sleeping giant in here somewhere. You knew there was going to you knew there was a game that you were right. going to trip over. Right. I sure as heck didn't think it was going to be this game against the Giants even albeit right. with a change of offensive coordinator and who was going to be calling plays and all that. I didn't think this was going to be the game. But man, this one I actually thought it was going to be one against Washington. But this game here it was the, a perfect example of you're never as good as you think you are, win three or four. You're never as bad as you think you are. But this game was definitely a you're not as good as you think you are type of game. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is also a game that you look at and just say you were snake bitten. And that, that's not to excuse anything that the Eagles did. It's not to, to, to erase the fact that you had three interceptions with a guy that's trying to be your franchise guy here for the next 10 to 15 years. It's not about two huge drops by Jalen Rager that could have been potentially game-winning touchdowns for you in this offense. It's not Nick Sirianni trying to prove himself as a head coach that could be here for the next 10 years as well. Right. right. It's just to say that when you look at a game, they could do nothing right. And when you mm-hmm. look at those games, one of the things you're supposed to try to avoid – is you know making sure that you're uh, always prepared. And I don't know if the word preparation comes into play here. I don't know if it was poor preparation going into this one. I know Nick Sirianni said uh, uh, following last week's win that, oh, you know what, the heck, we're going to stick with what works. Uh, see you Wednesday. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that – I don't know if that's a good idea to keep on doing that for what now, three or four weeks in a row. So, yeah. to me, this Eagles team looked very lethargic starting things out. Your quarterback couldn't get into a good rhythm. The run game is something that I think the Eagles can do in their sleep, and when they did that, that worked. But it it didn't look like this was going to be the type of game that you were only going to be able to win by running the football. They needed those big plays to be converted. Like I mentioned earlier, the third interception of the game to Rager down the sideline where you have Jalen Hurts throw the ball with his back foot on the two-yard line. That ball came down about 60 yards downfield. It needed to be about 75 if that was going to be a completion or come out earlier, which I think would have been the better decision by Jalen Hurts. But for me, when you're watching all that play out, it was just play after play of momentum gained, momentum lost into a brick wall. You would hit that brick wall every single time. And when you have that many turnovers, Gunner, as you've mentioned, that brick wall is there waiting for you on every single play. 
Yeah, you know, and, and unfortunately, these things happen in football. You know, it's, it's like the, any given Sunday, dog day afternoon, whatever terminology you want to use, it just happens. Unfortunately, it happened to the Eagles in this particular game. I'm looking at the comments mm -hmm. here. And, you know, if I'm Jalen Rager, I might hire, I might hire a, a bodyguard service for the rest of the week. <laughs> you know, because, people, you know, between the comments on our show here and on social media, uh, I'm, if I'm if I'm Jalen Rager, I'm I'm hiring somebody to buy groceries for me this week. I'm hiring my own private Uber service to get back and forth to where I need to go, and I'm not going anywhere without a bodyguard this particular week <laughs> because fans are losing their minds. It's a, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. And like we we talk about momentum, and I think it is important to know like the Giants are. This was a redemption game for them, right? They lost Jason right. Garrett. You know, everyone right. kind of counted them out. Right. And I do know, even though, you know, Nick Sirianni, maybe people think he's too light on them, especially after a win. Apparently he did. He played uh, Nick Saban's speech, uh, to basically telling them to not get too confident, to not get too cocky going into this game. And right. I don't know if that was the reasoning. Uh, I don't think there's one specific reasoning to this absolutely horrific performance that we saw today. But I, I do think that's a factor. I think the Eagles definitely didn't, or I think they counted the Giants out and, I hope maybe we can use this as a lesson, maybe rebound from this. Hopefully it's not uh, back to how we kind of started the season, but uh, I'm going to try to stay optimistic here because the comments are really wild right now. <laughs> oh, let's just look at Hey, Devin, why don't you read yes, some of the, yeah. why don't you read some of the more colorful comments on, on camera? Oh, you want me to read? Some? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Remember, First, remember though, I, I will the family read show, the family show. It's a family show. I will read some of the comments, but also go vote on my poll on Twitter because we'll talk about it later uh, on yeah. who you put this loss on more. Uh, some of the comments on that are also quite colorful. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it's a passing league. The birds can't win without receivers. Mm. Um, this game is not on the coaches. It's Jalen's fault. Jalen lost the game. A lot of hate for Jalen. A lot of hate for both Jalen's, actually. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager. Uh, they blew a big opportunity. The offense killed the Eagles today. Hurts was bad. Scott had a bad fumble. Rager had no, no business being drafted in the first round. Um, wow, guys, it's bleak out here. These are These are pretty bad. <laughs> เดี๋ยวอันนี้เป็นเรื่องของการเล่นกีฬาเดี๋ยวอันนี้เป็นเรื่องของการเล่นกีฬาเดี๋ยวอันนี้เป็นเรื่องของการเล่นกีฬาเ
and you throw the ball away and then you don't even go into the halftime with a, with a tie game. Like that to mm-hmm. me is just a bad play, bad form by Jalen Hurts. And as much as Nick Sirianni could have called plays to try to get uh, Devontae Smith into the game or Dallas Goddard into the game and try to get those playmakers into it, one thing you can't do is give the football to the other team and give them opportunities to score points on your defense. And, yes, again, I'll say it again. Jalen Rager had two opportunities to catch the ball, win the game for the Eagles. Maybe you're not in that spot if you played a much more balanced game throughout this, you know, throughout the entire, you know, throughout the first three quarters of this game. Well, we always talk about the mental strength of Jalen Hurts and that being one of his best assets as a player and a leader on the team. And and I do still think that uh, he's very, we rarely see him rattled. I think maybe one of the only other games we saw him as rattled as he looked today uh, was against Dallas. And that was another, it seems to be divisional opponents. Maybe it's the pressure. I don't know. But today he seemed rattled. He did not look like he was together, especially when things got pretty bleak. I, I believe it was in the third quarter. He did pull it together by the fourth, which is promising, you know, looking for a silver lining here. Um, because I do think, I don't think we should jump to, you know, oh, we need a new quarterback now. I still think we need to give Jalen Hurts time uh, to develop. But I I do think he we didn't see that mental strength, the, the mentally on steroids aspect of Jalen Hurts that we love so much and we always discuss on this show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll put it like this. I'll look for the mental steroids next week. You know what I'm saying? I'll look I'll look to see how he bounces back because, yeah. hey, look, if you want to talk about mental steroids that we always joke about on the show, I'll say this. The last two minutes of this game, I saw him. I, I mean, right. I saw him put the ball right there to try to win it. But throughout this game, he had made some mistakes. And we talked about a couple other plays, and I, I forget the team it was against. It might have been the Chiefs where Jalen Hurts had a similar type of play where he's rolling out of bounds, and instead of – throwing the ball where it's at least in play, he then threw the ball away. And that's a mental mistake Mm -hmm. by a quarterback. That's Mm -hmm. inexperience, right? That's inexperience. But we are nearing the end of Jalen Hurts' proverbial rookie season. When we talk about what? Now he's started 16 games at the NFL level. If we go to this this year's schedule, we'll give him, I guess, one more, 17 games. But we're nearing the end of that proverbial rookie year of 16 to 17 starts for Jalen Hurts. So I'd like to see some of those mental errors work its way out of his game. And we'll see how he bounces back against the Jets. But for me, it's it's basically going to come down to this. Make him continue to make those throws like he did in the final two minutes of this game, final two minutes, 30 seconds of this game. And good things will continue to happen to this Eagles offense because the run game is there. I feel like this Eagles team can run the ball in their sleep, as I said earlier. The minute that pass game starts to click for this offense is the minute this offense can start to be dangerous. I think it's going to take more than just Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. I think it's going to take a couple other pieces that just aren't here in Philadelphia yet because I don't think that's Greg Ward. I don't think that's Jalen Rager, and I don't think that's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside despite another first down catch today. Good for him. I think it's going to take a lot more pieces for this offense to really get going again. Also, one thing we haven't mentioned, uh, is Miles Sanders 100% healthy? Because he was limping around on those right, sidelines right, a lot. Right. So yep. I look forward to hearing from John McMullen when he joins us a little bit later yep. in the show to let us know what that uh, that post-game reaction is as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and someone in the comments actually uh, mentioned, and I saw this a ton, that we were missing Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard's amazing, but I don't know if he's – his lack of presence on the field is to blame for for this loss today. I mean, I'm sure we would have benefited from having him. And certainly if Miles Sanders is injured, but uh, – I'm not going to say that Jordan Howard being out is why the Eagles lost today. Yeah, no, same they, here. They, they, uh, they, the, the running game would have been that much more potent with a Jalen Howard, but yeah. they didn't need a Jalen Howard in this game to win this game. 
Um, it was just what they did to themselves. They shot themselves in the foot in this game. Um, you know, the turnovers, you can't say enough about the turnovers. The defensive front, not getting enough pressure on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't have great numbers, but he made necessary he made the necessary throws when he had to in certain situations. Um, so the, the onus is on the, the Eagles coaching staff, the players themselves. Um, you know, people are going to say Jalen Rager, but there were other players that had opportunities as well to make plays. It didn't happen. It just didn't happen for this team. You, you know, you we, we talked about, hey, you know, this team is in a position to run the table, and they were. When you looked at the way the Eagles were playing and you look at what they had left on their schedule and taking into consideration Dallas, Dallas who is now reeling, might not have needed that game, uh, the last game of the season, because the, the, the division would have been wrapped up or their seating would have been defined by then. This was a team that had a chance to run the table, but you also had to take into consideration you had to proceed with caution. You knew this team is capable of having a flat game somewhere, as is every team in the National Football League. Unfortunately, they picked this particular game. Can you imagine if they play like this against the Jets of all teams next week? Can you imagine nah. in a span of eight days playing inferior football against two of the weak sisters in the National Football League, what this fan base is going to be like? The New York sisters? Yeah. Uh, rabid. Uh, the fan base here would be rabid. The, 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 the mob is fickle, brother as they like to say. Uh, when we come back a little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined by John McMullen from Lincoln Financial Field. Do want to tell you right now, you're listening and watching live post-game show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. And we are powered by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. We'll react and give you Jalen Hurts' reaction to his performance in this game in just a moment. That's when we return on live post-game show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but I once heard someone say but as I always say 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, live post game show. Jacob Media YouTube channel at 6abc.com or fueled by Stateside Vodka. Get 15% off the popular vodka soda. Stateside Vodka Soda, 15% off. Use the promo code Jacob. Make sure you do that. Stateside Vodka, as as prominently displayed behind me. Uh, I will tell you guys this first right out of the gate before we get to John McMullen a little bit later in this segment. And I know, Devin, you have uh, your Twitter poll that we'll hit in a second as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts, summing it up uh, by way of Jeff McClain right here, I put us in a bad situation. Anytime you have three interceptions, that's going to be true, unfortunately, in this particular game. Uh, and Devin, that brings me to your poll question that you put out there towards the end of this game. Who do you put it on? Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, or other, I believe, were the options? Yep, yep. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, other, and if it was other, list below. And uh, I'm getting ratioed right now on Twitter because I have so many replies with people just going at it. But most people voted and then just said Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So Jalen Hurts right now is winning 68.3%. Nick Sirianni, 22.4%. And then other has a 9.3%. Uh, most of the replies are saying Hurts. Uh, a lot of people are asking where Minshew was. A lot of people wanted Minshew Ooh. to get some minutes. <laughs> oh, uh, do you think it was that bad? I don't know. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Um, Poor draft decisions is also getting a lot. Like I mentioned, a lot of people blaming Howie Roseman as as Philadelphians do, um, putting every game and any picks that Jeff and Howie made uh, on JJR's Sega Whiteside. Um, I don't know if that's JJ's fault, but I mean, a lot of things are his fault, but not not the draft picks. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to weigh in, it's on my Twitter. Go vote. Right now, it's looking like uh, Jalen Hurts is right about himself, and it's falling on his shoulders. <sighs> Well, that's what a leader does. He takes responsibility for things when they go bad like that. And he had the ball in his hand. Um, you know, they moved the ball down the field. Uh, they had opportunities to do some damage. And he was indecisive with some some throws uh, more times than not. And, of course, it kept giving momentum back to an inferior opponent. And it came back to bite him in the backside in the final analysis. So, that's you know, hopefully he learns from this. I think Jalen Hurts is a smart enough quarterback to sit down and look at the film, understand what he did wrong. Everything had been going right for him for so long over the last month. You know, uh, everything doesn't go right for every quarterback, you know, a 16-17 game season. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some flaws. The better quarterbacks in this league bounce back, have the capability of bouncing back. So now he's been stung. You know, you know, he was the Pied Piper of Philadelphia the last three, four weeks, along with this running game. Uh, so now Jalen Hurst has been stung. Let's see how he bounced back. Next week against another very beatable opponent in the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I, one thing before we before we get to John McMullen, I do want to just ask this question real quick. 
how much of a problem is his arm strength? Because this has come up every, almost after every game. People talk, oh, he can't throw the ball. People are hitting me up on Twitter going, noodle arm, you know, can't throw it uh, can't throw it deep. He put the ball right there for Jalen Rager. It would have been about, I think, a 38-yard pass. Put the ball again there for Jalen Rager right there at the goal line. Possibly would have fallen in for, for the touchdown. Right. The one that you really do look back on is that final interception, his third interception, which was down the sideline to Rager. I referenced it earlier with his right foot on the two-yard line. He aired it out there to about the, I want to say, 50-yard line, 45-yard line, the opposition 45-yard line. That's one that you could say, all right, that's definitely where he's got to bomb it down the field or he's got to get rid of that ball sooner. I think if he would have made a completion, it would have been at least 60, 65 yards in the air if that would have been converted for the touchdown there. I I, I look at it and say I think his arm strength is, is livable. I don't right. think it's necessarily – a sticking point as to why I, I don't think it's the let's put it this way I don't I certainly don't think he's a top 15 quarterback in terms of arm strength I don't yeah. even know if he's top 20 but it shouldn't be as big a problem as I've seen it been in the last couple of weeks mm. um his, his his arm strength is serviceable okay uh, that's a good he, word he, for it yeah it's serviceable um he doesn't have a great arm doesn't have a doesn't have a a weak arm just just doesn't have a great arm I, I think Jalen is fine in the intermediate game We've seen him throw darts, you know, when you're talking 30, 40 yards. Inside of 40 yards, I think he – and you can survive in the National Football League. If you have the right pieces around you, you can flourish in the National Football League, you know, being a quarterback who doesn't have the strongest arm but doesn't have to because of the offensive system that's devised to help you in certain situations. So, you know, with that said, I think he has a capability of being a, a good quarterback in the National Football League. Um, but – the coaching staff has to identify what that is and, 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 and play more to that week in and week out. Now you got to take a couple of deep shots every now and then um, just to give them the opposition, something to look at. But if you know, you don't have a strong arm, you can't expect your quarterback to live by that. Um, and, and, and I think, I think Nick Sirianni is smart enough to know that while you take those deep shots to stretch a defense, he understands some of the limitations this quarterback has. It's just things just didn't work out for him today for whatever the case may be. Yeah, no, no. I just really quick before we get to John, and we're definitely going to ask him about this on the poll. I'm getting a lot of why didn't you put Rager? And uh, first of all, I put that poll right. out before that whole last drive happened. Um, and yeah, Rager dropped those passes, but the rest of the game, I think, is more on Hurts. But yeah, the mm. last two minutes are Rager and our receivers. Yeah, that's why you put other. Yeah, you got to have some conversation involved in there. Uh, when we come back, John McMullen will be joining us live from Lincoln Financial Field to help us break down all the post-game reaction from players and coaches as well. You're watching live post-game show, and it's uh, powered by the uh, Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. John McMullen, when we return. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy sh! Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your? You betcha. But is it made out of glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip smooth? Will you stop doing that? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka, all from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want, or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farza, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you now from Lincoln Financial Field. Brought to us by Mesa Law and Associates. If you need a tough injury lawyer, call Mesa Law. Call Joe Mesa. John McMullen joining the live post-game show. What's going on, John? Well, I wish I was at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm oh, at, of course. I'm at MetLife Stadium. So no, that's I me. Got, you know, I got to drive. That's me. <laughs> not putting my words in the best position to make the right <laughs> statement. Uh, no, my apologies. Uh, John, just for post-game reaction, uh, looking at this team and looking how uh, Sirianni addressed the media after the game, what did he have to say most notably about the turnovers in this game? Well, I think everybody took accountability. Certainly uh, Jalen Rager uh, did and should have, and I do give him credit for coming out and speaking to us. Uh, Boston Scott did, and obviously Jalen Hurts uh, did as well. So that part of it is good, uh, you know, but I, I mean, you also have to be realistic and say, you know, this is a game you have to win. I mean, you have to win this game. You're, you're clearly the better football team. We all know what the turnover margin means in the NFL. Well, you turned it over four times and, you know, the Giants got a scratch and claw to get out of here with the victory, which kind of tells you just how limited they were, especially on a short week when they fired their offensive coordinator. 
news broke that Dave Gettleman, I shouldn't say broke because everybody knew it's most likely he's not going to be back uh, moving forward. Everything was against the New York Giants in this game, and the Eagles ran for 200 yeah. yards again, uh, and they somehow couldn't win a football game. It's pretty amazing, actually. Hey, hey, John, um, I've got word that uh, Miles Sanders was dealing with an ankle issue. Did yeah. anybody talk about how severe the ankle issue was and if it was going to cost him to miss another game in the immediate future? Well, he definitely, obviously, late in the game, he tried to come back in. He tweaked yeah. his ankle on that on that big run, and I think everybody was like, you give it to Miles, and I got a lot of that on Twitter, and then you forget about him. Yeah. They didn't forget about him. He was banged up. You could see him on the sidelines uh, trying to get that ankle loose, and he came back in, I think, for one run, and then it was pretty much he was pretty much out. Mm-hmm. So Nick mentioned it and said he'll have more information tomorrow, but, yeah, Clearly, they had to go to Boston Scott. They had to go to Kenny Gainwell. And, you know, they were still effective. Kenny was effective as a receiver on that final drive. And Boston was effective running the ball. He got the touchdown, but he had the fumble. I, I mean, you know, he, he had broken on that play. And, and there was some green in front of him. And he just kind of lost focus. And, and the football came out. And, you know, it was just one of those days – is what Jalen Hurts described. It really was. It was one of those days where nothing was going right, and it looked at the very end they'd be able to pull it out because of the opponent, and then all of a sudden Jalen Rager pops up and drops the football twice. It's pretty amazing. Did you guys get to talk to Rager? Yeah, yeah, we did. And and like I said, I give Jalen Rager a lot of credit uh, for coming out and and uh, speaking after that type of game and after that type of circumstance because, you know, he could use the limitations to his advantage and not want to speak, but he wanted to talk to us. He came out uh, and he took accountability for it and dropping the football. And, again, it's, it's good. You give somebody a check mark for that. But we all know, I mean, this game is about your – you're graded on your pro- productivity. That's mm-hmm. that's it. it. It's it's a it's a vicious game in that uh, kind of uh, mentality because either you produce in this league or you don't produce. And right now, Jalen Rager's not producing, and he had an opportunity uh, to be a hero in this particular game, and he couldn't get it done again. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are putting the loss on, on Jalen Rager. And uh, my opinion is like, yeah, he should have caught those balls, but uh, he also, it shouldn't have come down to that. You know, th- this game was just mistake after mistake after bad play. So uh, what we were just discussing is, you know, who does it fall on? And I'm curious to get your opinion on, on who do you think is, I know you can't just blame one person for a loss like this, but who do you think most of uh, that responsibility falls on? Well, I think most of it falls on on Jalen Hurts. I mean, it it was certainly his worst game as a thrower, uh, I think, this season. I mean, he was really, really bad uh, in the first 35 minutes of this game or so. And that decision at the end of the half uh, where he threw the – remember, he had two red zone interceptions, not only two interceptions, but uh, two in the red zone where if you just take the Jake – Elliott, gimme field goals, you're up 6-3, 
instead of down three nothing. So from that standpoint, mm-hmm. you got to make the right decisions, even if you're playing it a little bit cautious and 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 get out in front of a team that is not equipped uh, to play from behind. Needless to say, uh, you saw that Giants offense; it was as bad as advertised, and. The defense certainly held their water. Anytime you give up 13 points on the road in this league, you should win the game. Um, and as I said, you, you know, plus four uh, turnover margin, <laughs> and mm. the Eagles had a chance to win it. And and the waning seconds, that kind of tells you how bad the Giants are. And I think the Eagles are going to look back at this game and say, "Man, we yep. that th- this one could haunt them." When you talk about Making the playoffs, not making the playoffs. This this game could be the difference. Mm. Uh, John, the first interception. I, I want to go back to that because on the broadcast, Mark Schlereth made uh, he alluded to the idea that there might have been pass interference. We never saw a replay of the play. Thanks a lot for that, Fox Sports. Uh, but when it came to that particular play, did you get a good angle on it? Do you, can you take us through uh, that first interception? Uh, uh, the the first one, um, I. I I heard about the pass interference on, on social media. I didn't see it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I certainly didn't get the the thought process that um, it was only an interception because okay. uh, of interference. Uh, the, the thought I got from seeing it live was that Quez and, and Jalen weren't on the same page. And Jalen expected Quez um, to come – further to the middle of the field and he sort of stopped his route i don't know if that was because he thought it was a scramble drill at that point Mm -hmm. but i I think it was more about those two not being on the same page than anything else okay Mm. hey hey john any explanation for why um goddard wasn't more involved in the game plan or or did they did they blanket him or was he just not a part of the equation today yeah, I, they, they were definitely, especially on third down, they were bracketing Dallas Goddard. That was their game plan. That was the Giants' game plan. It was pretty evident, and in fact, early on. They were trying to take him away. Remember, mm-hmm. when you when you look at this team's offense over the past month, the Eagles, it's been obviously very run-heavy. Uh, and the only two players getting targets were uh, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. So, the Giants, Patrick Graham, knew that coming in. It was his design to try to take away the comfort uh, of those two receivers for Jalen Hurts. I think the Giants did a good job, especially with Goddard. I know Devontae Smith was seemed to be upset late when the football wasn't going his way and other receivers were dropping the football. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but no doubt the Giants knew uh, those were the Eagles' only competent pass catchers they tried to take him away they did take him away and it was the right decision because the other guys couldn't step up they just could not step up i i mean on that note i i know Devonte smith was uh, apparently frustrated at the end that he wasn't targeted did nick sirianni address play calling at all as a factor in this loss uh, yeah, he was asked. Obviously, you know, it's why aren't you running early every time he passed? Why aren't you running the football? I, I do think people kind of forget that there's there's got to be sort of uh, two two masters served here. Yeah, you want to win football games, right. 
And the easiest way for the Eagles to win football games right now is to run the football because they've run it, as we said, for 200 yards in four out of five games. And the other one was 170, whatever it was, 170-180. On the other hand, you want to develop the quarterback. And if you're hiding the quarterback, I've been saying this for weeks, it's not sustainable. I mean, at at some point, somebody's going to roll in here with a good defense and say, all right, we're going to put eight people in the box and and just I don't care what you do running the football. We're going to stop it. And the Eagles have to find out about this quarterback as well for the long term. We, we, you know, it seems like Philadelphia is this week to week last week. You know, I, I was joking to Damo. I said, get ready, get your Hall of Fame, you know, presentation ready because everybody had Jalen Hurts. Oh, he's the answer. He's the long term answer. He's it. He's the guy. And now this week you say, he's not the guy. Mm. Well, it's a process. And from the Eagles standpoint, they're trying to figure out if he is the guy. And part of being the guy as an NFL quarterback, let's be honest, is throwing the football. I, I mean, as much success as they have had running the football, I say this and people hate it and that's fine. It is the margin of error is so small in this league, in this era, in this environment. If you're just going to say we're going to run it, run it, run it, we can't pass it. Doesn't mean you can't win a game. Doesn't mean you can't go on a little run like the Eagles did. It means you can't win consistently, though. And you saw today against a really bad football team, you lost a game because you can't throw the football. Early it was the quarterback, late it was the receivers. So everybody had a, a, a piece of it. But you got to be able to throw the football to win it in this league. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like, John, that a couple of different points in this game, even going into it, you kind of felt like if you're a defensive coordinator, and if you're even if you're an Eagles fan, you would to say to yourself, how do you beat the Eagles? It's make Jalen Hurts throw deep. And really, even in the early goings of this game, it wasn't even him throwing deep down the field 20, 30 yards down the line of scrimmage or down the line. If you're looking at a early play in this game to Quez Watkins on the outside, it was a comeback route. Jalen Hurts missed the throw. There was another play where Jalen Hurts in the first quarter rolled to his left, had Devontae Smith open down the sideline, misfired to Devontae Smith towards the middle of the field. It was almost picked. The camera actually got a good angle of Devontae Smith looking back at the quarterback, looking back at Jalen Hurts going, like he, he had this confused look on his face, and I hate reading body language, but that was pretty obvious there. So what I'm saying is, looking at this particular game, it seems like the Giants just said, yeah, go ahead, beat us with Jalen Hurts throwing the football. We'll give you the short stuff, we'll give you the run game, but beat us down the field, and that's what the Eagles weren't able to do. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot. everybody's obviously going to focus on the interceptions, and uh, obviously that was a, a bad part of it. But there were a lot of bad throws that weren't interceptions, as you mentioned, Mark, and, and those are throws you have to complete. And while I say the bad stuff, I, I want to I also say the good stuff. I don't, I don't – usually when quarterbacks play like that in a, in a game, they're mentally shot by, you know, 40 minutes into the game. They're not coming back. And Jalen Hurts is out there after a bad punt. The Giants gave the Eagles another opportunity. And he somehow plays his best football in the last minute. And he puts the football right on Jalen Rager twice. And and he's unable to come up with it either time. 
that part I, I give him a ton of credit for because he's just got this weird ability and I call it a weird ability to, to forget. He's almost like a great corner playing quarterback to forget all the bad stuff and just go out there and play and keep playing and keep chugging along. And that's why mm. that's one of the reasons he's been so difficult for other teams to deal with because the Carolina game was another perfect example. He did not play well. That was probably his worst game besides this game. Right. And he was the same thing in the fourth quarter. He's out there making plays. And in that game, the Eagles were able to come back and win. In this game, they came up a little bit short. Hey, John, you surprised the Eagles weren't able to get even more pressure on a Daniel Jones? I mean, the way Daniel Jones likes to serve up turnovers, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't get him on the ground more. Or, or rattle him more. Well, I, I mean, I look at this defense, and I, I get it. I mean, they, they're playing a scheme that's not designed uh, to generate um, a, a high number of sacks. And I, I always use the – this town's used to Jim Swartz in the wide nine and Jim Washburn and back to Jim Johnson and just go get the quarterback, Kells Bells, uh, and, and they like that. And, and now they're preaching a more disciplined pass rush. Um, that's, that's about, you know, really quarterback hurries, and quarterback pressures uh, and making sure the quarterback, especially a quarterback with mobility like Daniel Jones doesn't get loose uh, to make those extent, you know, similar things to what Jalen Hurts does to opponents. Um, so it's not as sexy but I, I mean, they gave up 13 points, and, right, and the Giants, right. and the Giants' offense was woefully ineffective for most of this game. I, I can't even, I can't even look at the defensive side in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were discussing that because uh, I know Jonathan Gannon has has constantly been a topic of debate. Um, I'm not all in on him yet, but I think our offense's performance and Nick Sirianni's play calling kind of takes the attention away from that this game. But uh, I mean, I know you are and have been, you know, pro Gannon. I've seen some criticism of his conservative defense this game. So are you overall okay with, with how our defense performed? Well, today I was not at times. I do think they play mm -hmm. too much zone at times, especially against quarterbacks that, have a reputation. I think at times they've given too much deference to players like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and say, oh, well, you know, those guys are too good. We're not going to go after them. And I think you can't you can't go into things with a defeatist mindset. Um, but I don't think they played that way against uh, lesser quarterbacks, um, Daniel Jones being one of them. I, I Derek Barnett had a really good game. People are not going to want to hear that. He had a really good game. Oh, he did. Today. He did. Um, um, I think they had five tackles for loss. The one sack they did get shouldn't even have been a sack. I mean, right. uh, Daniel Jones was trying to keep the clock running, and he could have just thrown it away. He was outside of the pocket, but he took the sack on purpose. So, I, I mean, to me, it's not about sacks because you can look at it. You're not going to look at the context of that. and You're going to say, oh, Javon Hargrave got a sack. Well, is that mm -hmm. meaningful or is, is it more meaningful for Derek Barnett to kill a drive with a 13-yard tackle for loss, which he did um, early in the game on a first down? I mean, just killed a drive. So what's more important? 
Um, to me, it's pretty easy to know one's more important than the other. But again, people will pick up the box score tomorrow and see, well, Hargrave had a sack and Barnett didn't. Um, and they don't give out game balls for losses. But if they did, Derek Barnett would be getting one on the defensive side. Isn't that weird to hear that? Derek <laughs> Barnett, a game ball. Instead of somebody he playing. One. He already got one, Deacon. He got one in Denver, by the way. I, I know. He but instead of defensive game ball. But instead of somebody saying, take a ball and throw it at Derek Barnett, we're talking about yeah. Derek Barnett will get a game ball. <laughs> Man, it's a, yeah, it's a bizarre He's actually, game. and again, I know he's he's one of those players that I always joke with Jody Mack on Bears 365 because when Jody uh, when Jody gives up on a player, he gives up on a player. He just closes <laughs> the book on them, and they're done. They're dead to him. And Derek Barnett is dead to a lot of Eagles fans. He's been yep. playing really well over the past – month my favorite thing was when he celebrated somebody else's penalty that was my favorite part <laughs> like yeah you bask in that Derek bask in that for just a second uh here's what we've talked a lot about and I, I want to go back to the offense here and talk about those those three interceptions but we've talked a lot about Jalen Hurts kind of climbing that mountain towards at least winning next year as the Eagles starting quarterback forget about the franchise conversation for just a second but he's climbed that mountain more so over the last three weeks than he has fallen down that mountain how many steps back is a game like this in your mind, John McMullen? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, it's a significant step back, I will say. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the Eagles. Well, I know the Eagles aren't. Uh, they don't have these massive mood swings. You know, mm -hmm. when he plays poorly, they're not going to say, "Okay, this isn't the guy." When he plays. <clears throat> Uh, well, they're not going to say, oh, we're going to stop looking at every other quarterback. Um, so it, it's it's always been more of a tempered approach. Um, but, it, you know, even through this streak where people have started to, and even Ian Rappaport put out sort of that report on NFL media this morning, uh, that the Eagles are seriously considering moving forward. Well, they've been seriously considering it the whole time. But jokes aside, uh, this this whole five weeks now has not been a positive if you want Jalen Hurts to be the long-term starter of the Eagles. And, it, and I'm not talking about the play on the field. I'm talking about the Eagles' scale back in philosophy from the RPO, throwing the football off the RPOs to the more, okay, we're going to sit back and run the football. That tells me right off the bat they're saying, we put too much on this kid's plate. we got to scale it back. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, not, it's counterintuitive to say success on the field is negative to Jalen Hurts for the long term, but it's it's negative to Jalen Hurts in the long term. They tried to expand things today again and get a little bit more of the passing involved early, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So that's unfortunate, though, when you're looking at the last four or five weeks when you're talking about a team winning, what, three of four it's actually counting against the quarterback because he's not the star of the show, in other words. Well, it, it's – in other words, I'm talking long-term here. Right. No, I understand, not, yeah. There's, there's two different – obviously, 
you know, Nick Sirianni also wants to beat the Giants today, wants to beat the Jets next week. That's his most important goal. And he's utilizing the strengths of the quarterback he has right now. Uh, but Howie Roseman has a different job. And Howie Roseman is talking to Nick Sirianni constantly. So he knows what Nick is trying to do. And Nick is trying to win games the best way he can. And the best way he can is to take advantage of Jalen's uh, running ability and limit the passing as much as possible. I think the hope was that some of the success over the prior weeks would sort of bolster the confidence. You start to feel better about yourself. Uh, and maybe you can start expanding things again. And maybe they can. Uh, there's five weeks to go. Uh, today, against a bad football team, it didn't work. Hey, hey John, hey, let's just look down the road for fun. the fun of it. Let's say somehow, some way, the Eagles find a way to lose to the lowly Jets seven oh. days from today. Oh. Can you imagine the media contingent and the fan base in this city if that happens in a span of seven days? Yeah, that would obviously not be good. Um, the Jets are – but it, you know what? I, I think the Jets are going to be better than the Giants. I, I mean, this Giants – It's crazy as it sounds, yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this team was I, – I never had a doubt the Eagles were going to win this game until the final second clicked off, until the fourth and ten, I thought they were going to win the game. Uh, as be- as poorly as they played, uh, because the Giants were that ineffective, they were unable to do much at all yeah. offensively. Um, it, it truly was, the, you know, early in the season, the Eagles would use that, well, we're shooting ourselves in the foot excuse all the time. Today was real. Today, it wasn't Mm. we're shooting ourselves in the foot against the Super Bowl champions or the AFC champions who, in reality, just kicked the you-know-what out of you. Um, This was they shot themselves in the foot. They lost the game. The Giants didn't win the game. Mm. Well, Mm. so I'm curious to to get your thoughts, Sean, on if you think that this game was, uh, and you may have just alluded to it, you know, a fluke, and if we can get it back. Uh, get back to at least our somewhat winning ways. Not that we ever had too many to begin with this season, but, uh, or, or if you think that this is a bad omen and, and the Eagles are, I'm seeing some comments from our viewers saying the Eagles are going to lose out now for the rest of the season. How do they go from winning out to losing out? Uh, no, it's Philadelphia. Be, I don't know. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to beat the jets uh, next week. They're going to beat the giants coming off the bye. I still think the Washington football team, those, uh, well, I guess Washington is first off the bye, then the Giants in the rematch. Uh, to me, the two games against Washington are the games that will probably decide which one of those teams has a chance to be in the conversation, yep. to be in that seventh playoff spot in the NFC. Um no, they're not going to lose out. They're going to beat the Jets. They're going to they're going to beat the Giants when they come to Lincoln Financial Field, um, and we'll see how they do against Washington. Uh, I, I don't think this is a playoff team. I never thought this was a playoff team, um, and I, I don't think that's surprise people. 
I don't know if I could take any more optimism saying they're not going to lose out. I really can't after a, a <laughs> loss like this. Uh, John McMullen reporting live from MetLife Stadium. That's in North Jersey for those people uh, that need to know that, like myself. Uh, he is brought to us by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury a lawyer called Joe Mesa. John McMullen, thank you so much, my friend. Much appreciated. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. John McMullen joining us uh, right there, uh, giving us all the latest on the Eagles post-game reaction, as well as what we're thinking of Jalen Hurts going forward. And let's just remember this. The Eagles will not lose out. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to guarantee that, folks. The Eagles will not lose out. We'll react more so to this uh, unfortunate oh, Eagles loss. What, what do you got? You think they'll lose out, D-Gun? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's funny that we're even talking about this right now. Okay, it's I'm sorry, guys. Like... I'm sorry. It's not my opinion. It was right. just a lot of comments I was seeing, okay? It was floated out me. there. It was floated out there in the comments. <laughs> Devin, you, you talked about it, and you're right to talk about it because that's what the people are saying. It's just up to us to go, all right, let's just – Let's just pump the brakes on that. They're going to beat the Jets. Right, right. We're all going to feel a lot better about ourselves. And then they're going to go along with the rest of the NFC East and hopefully be able to handle their business in that regard. Do want to tell you, of course, live post-game show on Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. We'll react a little bit more to this Eagles loss coming up in a few. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, 6ABC.com, Jacob Media YouTube channel, the live post game show. First Trust Bank, want to tell you about this for a second. Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, don't want to miss them tomorrow morning for Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I know we were just talking about the comments, and I got to get this comment in because this is one of my favorite comments ever in the history of comments. Okay. Uh, this is brought to us by Fly, our man Fly in the chat, okay? I've never seen this take, and this is the, by far the best take I've ever seen. Uh, maybe instead of Rager, force Howie to wear number 18 and play instead of Rager as punishment. When you think about it, would you really know the difference? Because they're both about five, what, eight? And you can actually run them out there and just see what would happen. And I think a lot of Eagles fans would enjoy that. Later, baby. Now we're this. throwing out heights. That is, Mark, you're getting savage. Okay, we're like on the border of too far telling these short kings heights out to all the people watching right now. I don't know if I do that. I will say though, yes, yeah, I mean, maybe make Howie wear the jersey, but also make Nick Sirianni wear it because he's the one who's using this guy who's clearly not a good receiver. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah, look, I'll, I'll go back to this again. A lot of people, okay, let me all right, let me acknowledge some facts here. A lot of people were out on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside when they saw his mom holding the umbrella over him at training camp. All right? Maybe not fair, but a lot of people were out from that moment. Then people officially jumped off the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside bandwagon, if there ever was one, when he dropped that ball against the Lions in a very similar play that Jalen Rager dropped that second ball <laughs> against the Giants today. Off the bandwagon. Rager, it'll be really tough for him to bounce back from this. And if you're Nick Sirianni going up against the Jets next week, you have to. If because look, Jalen Rager's not getting cut today. He's going to play against the Jets. If you're Nick Sirianni, where were those jet sweeps that you saw that you were using him involved in the game, getting him involved with the game plan before in the season? I believe it was against the Lions, and then we never really saw that again. Maybe that's where he's at his best. Maybe a screen is the best possible scenario for him. You know what's not trying to track a ball. Because I saw some other people trying to comment, or not trying, but commenting in our chat about how it reminds them of Jay, of uh, Nelson Aguilar. I remember Nelson Aguilar's big problem was not being able to track a deep ball either. So maybe that's where Jalen Rager's having issues, is not being able to track that deep ball. Because he's getting he's, he's around it, but it maybe is just surprising him at the last second when it actually hits him in his hands and he can't come up with the play. So for me, maybe that's a bigger issue with Jalen Rager. So maybe, just maybe, stop using him on those deep ball situations. You, you know when you know when uh, Jalen Rager will become a fan favorite if he When's catches that? a game if he catches a game winning touchdown this season, mm. he will immediately become a fan favorite, especially if it's against the Giants in a rematch or against Washington football team mm. or against Dallas. Any one of those games, you watch. All of a sudden, people will be back on the Jalen Rager bandwagon. <laughs> no, but I hope it never comes to that. I hope that if we ever need to rely on a receiver to make a game-winning touchdown, we don't target Jalen Rager again. 
Yeah. Come so on, hopefully Devin, he, he, so hopefully he doesn't game. have that opportunity. Come on, Have Devin. you seen? I just retweeted. There's. I don't have it. I don't think we can pull it up. But there's a photo of his miscatch, and it is just pain. Like I could have made that catch, probably. Yeah, I saw. I saw Kevin Nagandi just tweet one out as well, or posted on Instagram, and it was literally the hands up here mm-hmm. with the ball here, and that's <laughs> never a good look for people if you're a wide receiver to try to make that type of play. Uh, yeah. But here, here's what I will say to your point, Gunner. Okay. I think it's going to take a couple. I don't think it's just going to be one. I don't even think it's going to take one touchdown or game-winning touchdown reception. I think it's going to take a couple. Because I think people are so far out on him right now that it's going to take more than, than one. But as far as the wide receivers go, all right, mm-hmm. we have all acknowledged Jalen Rager, huge problem, especially on those last two drops, those last two pass plays. But one of the other guys we've talked about a lot, but not because he was that involved in the game plan, was Devontae Smith. If you're Nick Sirianni, what do you do to try to get him involved in the game plan? Even if yeah. you are being double teamed, is yeah. it is it a rub route situation where you run Dallas Goddard out to that side? Is it a bubble screen to him? Is it putting him in motion behind the line of scrimmage? What do you do to try to get your number one wide receiver the football in situations where he's still a rookie and he's being double teamed? What do you do to try to get him open to get him involved? Rub routes, bubble screens. I'd even run him on a couple of jet sweeps. Just to get the ball in his hands. Get the ball in his hands. Any way, shape, or form, get the ball in his hands. You know, he has the capability of, of doing great things when he gets the ball in his hands. Give him a shot. Get the ball in his hands. That's all you want to do. Same thing with Quez Watkins. Get the ball in his hands. Jet sweep, bubble screen. I don't care. Reverse anything. Just get the ball in his hands. Let's see what he can do. It doesn't seem that hard. I mean, last no, week la- last yeah. week when we were talking about Jalen Hurts, I remember you telling me, Gunner, that you're rushing for the entire game, so you're dropping seven. All right, you got seven guys back there defending against Jalen Hurts, trying to bat a ball down, intercept a ball, or at least just be right. in the way. Well, then there's – I mean, that's not a foolproof plan. I mean, passes do get completed in the NFL with yep. seven guys dropping back in, 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 in coverage. Yep. So there's got, there's got to be things you do to counteract that. They're called adjustments, in-game adjustments. So the fact that I didn't see any of that, Devin, to your point earlier in the show, when you were talking about Nick Sirianni and his play calling and his scheming as well – when do you start dialing up those plays to start getting creative again so that you can put the ball in the hands of guys that can make plays for you, whether that be Devontae Smith or whether that be Dallas Goddard or even Boston Scott in a situation where you could get him involved in the screen game again? I don't understand why we're not seeing these types of adjustments from a guy like Nick Sirianni. Can we, can I, I want to remind everyone also that Nick Sirianni was a wide receivers coach. We talked <laughs> right. about that earlier in the season. Yeah. He's a wide, it's his background. So he should be all good to go on that. That should be his specialty. And and yet here we are. I also got caught out for being too harsh in the comments, which might be a, a low point for me. So I apologize. I was too mean to Jalen Rager, I guess. Too harsh? <laughs> I don't know. It's unfortunate. Yeah, but, yeah, it's unfortunate. Just, just be who you are. You know, yeah, you can't, I guess you can't I'm too harsh. Everybody. Person, you can't please everybody. <laughs> just be who you are. Yeah. Uh, so well, so, I mean, just tell us, I mean, Devin, just tell us that they're not going to lose out. And that'll be the optimistic swing that we need right. for this conversation, apparently. I don't think they're going to lose out. I never hey! said that. I never right, no, said that. Never oh, I know. That. I know. Yeah. I know. It was I don't think I, they are. I, I just think it's funny that people are out there after this game saying, now the Eagles are going to lose out. The sky is falling. Season's yeah, and over. then I'm I'm too harsh for saying that we should never pass exactly. Jalen Rager again. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> now that you mention it, uh, <laughs> what are we well, two games? 
What are we, two days from December? All right, what are we, two days from is it the 28th? Or two days from okay, all right, so that means that the Eagles will have at least one meaningful game in December because we next see them a week from today, of course, at New York. So they, they can basically just sleep at MetLife Stadium and they can stay up there. They got the Jets, then they take their bye week. So hopefully you get a win against yeah. the Jets. The Jets have been a get-right get team for a lot of teams on the schedule this, this year, right. as you would expect. Then they got the bye week, and then at Washington – excuse me, then they host the uh, Washington football team then host the Giants, then go to Washington, and then host the Cowboys. So you're still talking about meaningful games in September here, especially if the Cowboys continue to go down a long, long, dark, windy road, uh, as they may throughout the rest of the season. But all the Eagles can do, play who's in front of them, whether that's running the football more or whether that's passing the football, whatever they have to do to try to win these games. But I would look at this game against the Jets, as I think most people are already looking at it, and most teams have already looked at it, a get-right game. Jalen Hurts, get on the same page as your wide receivers. Jalen Rager, get that bad loss to the Giants out of your mind. Get a couple of catches for you. Dallas Goddard, get him open. Devontae Smith, get a couple of more touchdowns for yourself to get you back into the swing of things. Hopefully, Miles Sanders is not hurt. Anything significant. Hopefully, Boston Scott gets that late fumble out of his head as well. Jordan Howard, another week healthier, hopefully. And you can come out in this particular week against the Jets and go into the bye week with a win under your belt. And then you're talking about winning, what, four of your last six games going into the bye week? That makes you feel a little bit better about the rest of the season. I, I will say this though, and, and I'm a, I'm on board with you in this in this regard. They should beat the Jets next week, but I would also tell you to pump the brakes just a little bit here, hmm. because if you look at the Jets' three wins, okay, they beat a Texan team that today that shocked a Tennessee team last week. Mm-hmm. They beat them down in Houston. Their two other wins have come against the Titans. And uh, the Bengals, both at home. They're playing this game in the Meadowlands. So as bad as the Jets are, and they are bad, it could be a lot more competitive game than we're all anticipating. And I do believe the Jets have the capability of standing up to this Eagles team. Not winning the game, maybe, but Mm. standing up and making people sweat a little bit. But then again, you look at their two wins, the two of the three wins are quality wins, both coming at home. So just hmm. keep that in mind. You're, you're not referencing a moral loss, are you? Like there's I was no referencing such a... thing as a moral loss. No <laughs> well, such I know. Thing well, no, I know there's no such thing as a moral victory, but I believe in moral losses. Like if they win, if they beat the Jets by a field goal, that's still going to feel like a loss to me. Yeah. Uh, it won't feel like a loss in the standings, will it? No, of course not. But that's there's not what no I'm moral saying. loss. There's no such thing as a moral <laughs> loss. You get the W or the L. I don't care if it's, I don't care if the ball ricochets off the goalpost. You uh, pick it off and run it 100 yards the other way. Oh the yeah. Record books only show it's a win. Yeah, but those, but those are those are actual wins and losses. I'm talking about moral ones. There's no such thing in football as moral <laughs> wins or moral losses. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it right now, man. That's how I maintain my own sanity. I'm sorry. Yes, Devin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What am no. I? <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you had something on the tip of your tongue there. No. My, my, my apologies. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, as we like to do after every single game, we uh, either give a game ball or we take away a game ball. And it's basically what's going to be happening today. And I was a very unfortunate loss to the New York football giants. I know around this time last week, we were talking about how, Oh, they could win out. Oh, they could go five and two, whatever it might be to round out the rest of the season. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And unfortunately we're not in that scenario right now so we will be as real as we can be coming up in the next couple of minutes here when we either award or take away our game balls and that's what we're going to be talking about here on live post game show presented by ocean casino resort go for the live show go for the win more live post game show when we return go for the midnight tears 
Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but I once heard someone say but as I always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years Independence Blue Cross Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, live post-game show to everyone there on Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Don't forget Stateside Vodka. We are fueled by Stateside Vodka, statesidevodka.com. 50% off the very popular Stateside Vodka soda, so make sure you guys take advantage of that. Hey, you know what? Just real quick, everyone, nice Thanksgiving. Remember that holiday? That was fun. Everyone at Thanksgiving watching the Cowboys lose, all enjoying football as opposed to today where we didn't. Yeah, that was fun. It was it was a fun memory that feels like it was three years ago, even though it was like two days ago. That's the trip. But I always love watching the Cowboys lose, and and it was a great loss. What a great loss! Can't say that about today, though. Yeah, not, Gunner, not about the Eagles. Gunner, I'm just seeing a lot of Cowboys fans in the chat now, so I right, uh, right. felt the need to remind them that the, mm-hmm. the Eagles and the Cowboys are both uh, 0 and 1 in their last one. So this might this there might, we are. This might be the Cowboys' payback. The Eagles fans laughed at them on Thursday. They're <laughs> laughing at the. They're laughing at the Eagles' day today for losing to the Giants, so it kind of balances out. But 
You know what? Thanksgiving is always a time of family, food, and fun, no matter how you look at it. Do you deep fry your turkey? What'd you do to it? This year, normally I smoke a turkey. Uh, some years we uh, deep fry a turkey. This year I air fried a turkey. Oh, the wow. air fryer. That's a big deal. How big is your air fryer? <laughs> uh, up to It can hold up to a 16-pound bird. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, char, char, char broil air fryer with, with the infrared. Um, it's, yes. You got to get, if you're going to get a char, you're going to get air fryer, get the char broil with the infrared. Uh, a 16 pound bird normally takes three to five hours in oven conventional, however you're going to cook it. Air fryer, like about two hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Note for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Note for yeah. 363 days, I guess, for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Game balls. Who wants to go first? Take it away. Give in two. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Devin Kane, as, the floor is yours. As is tradition, I'll go first. I'm taking my game ball away from Nick Sirianni. Oh! Uh, because I know, I know. Because, wow. yes, Jalen Rager, you know, should have caught those two passes. Wow. Yes, Jalen Hurts did not play well whatsoever. It made so, so many mistakes. Uh, but it also shouldn't have come down to Jalen Rager in the end zone. Uh, and like I said, a lot of it is on Jalen Hurts, uh, but it's also on penalties. It's on bad play calling. It's on a little bit of poor clock management, uh, conservative defense. They all contributed to this loss. And, mm. and I don't know what Nick Sirianni said to this team before the game. Uh, I didn't appreciate that his play calling didn't help out his struggling quarterback whatsoever uh, and also didn't make sense. You know, you're successfully running the ball, which we know that they've done over recent games that have gotten us wins. Right. And then you choose to to pass the ball three times and punt. Uh, I just think really poor decision making all around and that lands on Nick Sirianni's shoulders. So uh, I am taking my game ball away from him. Taking it away. D-Gun. I'm torn between two people, Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts. Mm. So let me flip the coin. I'm going Jalen Hurts here. Yeah. You have to, you have to make better decisions with the football, um, especially when you're in a playoff race. Now, you very easily could have won this game. People want to find out about your passing skills and passing ability, and I think that today's game has set you back in the eyes of the general consensus in terms of how much, how we perceive you as a passer in the national football league. Um, you should have got at least 14 points out of the three picks. You should have three picks. You threw two of those drives should have resulted in the points. If they had resulted in the points, even if they were six points, you know, it, it's, it's a different ball game. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. So Jalen hurts. I'm taking a game ball from you. Mm -hmm. Go get it. Go earn it back. There you go. And hopefully that's what they do against the Jets. You're taking the game ball away from Jalen Hurts. Well, uh, I, I hate to do this. Um, no, you don't. No, no I really don't. do. I really do. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I spent a lot of my time self-loathing. But I will say this. Uh, when it comes to uh, Jalen Hurts' game, I really look at no one else other than him. Uh, Nick Sirianni did not have a good game, Devin. I absolutely agree with every point you made. Fantastic points made. But when it comes to this particular game, you continue to be evaluated with a lot of pressure on you because it's not just about this particular game or any game, any single game throughout this year. It's evaluating you as to whether or not you could be the franchise guy or even whether or not you could be the guy even ne just next year, which I was ready to hand to him. But this was the first game in a long time the Eagles said, Jalen, we need you to be more than a runner and you need to come up big. And he didn't. 
And I don't want to hear about, oh, well, he was right there at the end and Jalen Hurts or Jalen Rager dropped those balls. Well, if Jalen Hurts played better earlier in this game, you wouldn't be in the position that you were, were that where you were, where you needed to rely on Jalen Rager to try to win you a game to begin with. So for me, Jalen Hurts, three interceptions, three ill-advised throws, one not being on the same page as John McMullen told us from the first interception to a bonehead interception that you made in the red zone when you could have just swallowed that and taken the three points by throwing that football away, but he did not. And then the other time, the last interception, he bombs it down the field, underthrows Jalen Rager drastically, and it results in his third interception of the game. I've been rooting and had pom-poms for Jalen Hurts all year. This is a game you got to put the pom-poms away and say he was not good enough to win this game. And for the first time in a long time, they looked at him and said, Jalen Hurts, go win us this game with your arm. And he wasn't able to do that against a division rival. So now you're looking at three more games in this division. Excuse me, four more games in this division where you're going to need him to step up if you even want to have a chance to sniff the playoffs come the end of December. That's why we got two game balls taken away from Jalen Hurts today. And you know what? I don't know if, he, if we took him away as much as, as much as he just gave him away because he was doing that enough throughout the game. Come on! Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Uh, Devin Caney, Derek Gunn, pleasure talking to you guys as always, even albeit after a loss for two hours. I uh, appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll be back with everybody. We'll be back with everybody coming up a week from today when we talk about an Eagles hopeful victory bounce back win against the get right team that is the New York Jets. For Devin Caney, for Derek Gunn, I'm Mark Farzett on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for watching on Jacob Media YouTube as well as 6abc.com. And don't forget, we are brought to you by the great people of Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you next Sunday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.